So as you know, on Wednesday I spent probably, I don't know, 12, 12 hours watching the, uh, watching the impeachment debates. I was working, so that was a good thing, but I was watching the impeachment debates. Then I saw the interviews after, and I didn't really talk much about it at all during the day because I figured, you know what, I'll just sit back and um, talk about the other news that's happening in the world, and there's far more news. Today, I'm going to talk about the impeachment. I'm going to talk about how that day went, some of the stupidity. We're going to break down the day into different sections. Uh, believe it or not, I am not going to talk about much about the actual debate, but we're going to talk about where this is, Trump's reaction, Pelosi's reaction, the Dems' reactions. And uh, this is probably going to go a little bit because I got a ton of sound and video. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So let's get to it because this podcast is going to be long as it is because I've got a ton to discuss. Uh, One of the first things... I want to point out is that the Democrats all day during the debates have been saying that they are just very upset that they're impeaching Trump. They didn't want to do this. They had to do it. They had a constitutional uh, responsibility to do it. But that's just complete BS. The reality of the matter is the road to impeachment started by the New York Times 19 minutes in an opinion column at like one o'clock in the morning after Trump had won the nomination. 19 minutes after Trump, what I'm sorry, won the presidency, not the nomination, won the presidency, they were discussing impeachment. Now, I've got a montage right here. I'm not sure who actually did this montage, but it's excellent. I've seen it. And it's a living video document, living video. It's, they add to it every month. And what it basically does is it goes through all of the months where impeachment was mentioned. So, and the year. So it'll say the month and the year and then a statement about impeachment. So the first one will be November 2016. Somebody talks about impeachment. The next will be December 2016. Someone talks about impeachment. Here's what's funky. Here's what's funky. The impeachment thing went all the way through September 2000 or uh, August 2019. And I saw that they were there was seemed to be an addition to September. It kind of cuts off and I'm not sure if I have the complete video, but it is an excellent video. So uh, hold on. Let's watch. Let's watch it. If he takes the risk of going to trial and he's convicted, that could be seen as an impeachable offense. If Trump were caught on a video camera snorting cocaine in the White House, maybe with one of his children, there was at least a chance he'd be impeached. If he's not a legitimately elected president in your mind, there are tools that Congress has. I don't see how that wouldn't be an impeachable offense. That tweet fits the Republican definition of an impeachable offense. I will fight every day until he is impeached impeach 45 impeach 45 grounds for impeachment it's an impeachable offense perhaps impeachable offense is impeachment the appropriate remedy 
Something through the Congress like impeachment. All of that may be impeachable. That's an impeachable offense. Is that an impeachable offense? Is that an impeachable offense to you? He's much more vulnerable to impeachment. A potential ingredient of impeachment. Where do you see an impeachable offense? It is grounds for impeachment. Potentially criminal or even impeachable. Grounds for impeachment or does that not go far enough in your view? Grounds for impeachment. This tweet alone may be an impeachable offense. So let's talk about impeachment. Impeachment is on the table. Which impeachable offense? Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach them. Do you see an impeachable set of offenses? It's an impeachable offense. If that's not impeachable, I don't know what is. The president shall be removed from office on impeachment. Is it impeachable? 100% is impeachable. Very substantial evidence that the president is guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. Grounds for impeachment. So right off the bat, you can tell that there's going to be some dishonesty later on when the Democrats talk about how serious the impeachment's going to be. And there has been, if you haven't noticed it. So whenever you hear about all this garbage about, well, we don't want to do it, but it's our constitutional right to do it. Okay, just remember that. They've been searching for a crime forever. I mean, we can go over all of this stuff. Um, Avenatti, Stormy Daniels, Russia, his tweets, um, him saying bad things, Ukraine now. I, I don't even have the list of it, and I don't want to go through the list. So let's go over the, the actual impeachment day. So at 9 o'clock Eastern time, they decided to start the debates. Nancy Pelosi walked in, said there, we need to debate the president. Of course, we need to debate it so solemnly and, slow and uh, soberly. And sadly, it has to happen because President Trump, because Orange Man, bad. One thing I do, I, I am not going to sit back and talk about, I'm not going to show any video on it because I'm, it was too long. There was so much. There was so much dumb and on both sides. It wasn't just the Democrats. So we're going to just talk about what actually happened. Now, everybody said basically the same thing, thing protecting our national security, why Ukraine is suddenly a, a juggernaut of our national security, I don't know. Russia, uh, yeah, they're the enemies of Russia, and Russia is our enemy, but Russia has the economy of Italy, so that we don't have to worry about Russia. I don't mind. I, I This is not a... a this is something I think Ukraine fighting Russia is a good thing for us. And the reason I say that is because Russia has a very weak economy and now they are in Syria and now they are in Ukraine. They got to spend money to keep that stuff going. And that's what actually killed the Soviet Union uh, is just coming around. But that's there were some really stupid arguments uh, by the Democrats that went beyond the um, Trump bad and all the other rhetoric. Uh, 
it really did get old. You really were losing it. And if it wasn't for the fact I was at work, I probably would have taken a nap for 18 hours or so. So here's what the Democrats, here's some of the biggest arguments. And I'm going to hit three at a time. If we don't impeach Trump, he'll become a king. If we don't impeach Trump, he'll become a dictator. If we don't impeach Trump, he will become the next Hitler. Can I tell you what kings, dictators, and Hitler has done? And so has Mussolini, so has Mao, so has Stalin, so is Putin, so is all, all of the other people that I, I, the Dems usually like. They do not allow impeachments. They do not allow trials. They do not allow you to talk bad about them. You will either end up jailed or most likely poisoned or with a bullet in the back of the head. These arguments are just stupid. These arguments are really dumb. Now, one argument I did not hear was that Trump is going to, well, no, I guess if he's a dictator, Trump is not going to stay president for life. He doesn't want to stay president for life. He's already campaigning. If he loses in November of 2020, he's going to lose. These are really stupid arguments. And by the way, there are more jobs for people. The economy is great. He's not stopping anything. He wants, he's getting rid of government regulation. He's for, small, he's for smaller government. This is not the work of a dictator or a fascist or a communist or a king. Next one. I, I, I love this. I heard this one twice. The, if they don't impeach the congresswoman's, and they always came from a woman, congresswoman, their kids will be disappointed. I love hearing that argument. It's a stupid argument. And I'll tell you what, it's a stupid argument because you're going to listen from someone who's not a congressman. You're not listening from a constituent. So if your constituents agree with you, disagree with you, or agree with you, that's okay. That's whatever. But if your kid says something, now I'm sure those kids were probably older, but still, you're listening to one person. I, and see, the thing is, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Jimmy Carter who did this against Reagan, where he was talking to his daughter about uh, about nuclear, the nuclear race with the Soviet Union. And his daughter made some comments and he brought that up on the debate stage against Reagan. And Reagan looked at him like, you know, I don't take my advice from children. They don't vote. And in this case, Jimmy Carter's daughter was a child. So. It might be a little different, but it's still a stupid argument. Uh, the next one, if we don't impeach, if we don't impeach, Trump will separate and jail immigrant children. This came especially heavy from Al Green, who has been trying, who's, I think, issued about 44 different articles of impeachment against Trump. And he's the guy that said that if we don't impeach Trump, he's going to get elected in 2020. One of the biggest gaffes by any politician in democratic history, which really invalidated this. Uh, Al Green actually had a photo of a little girl crying with his mother being searched and um, the Border Patrol officer holding her or take, detaining her. The same photo that was debunked about 15 minutes after the Democrats released it. 
the the that I, I'm sure you remember it. If you don't, maybe I'll grab it and throw it on the website. But he released something that. Well, let's let's not even talk about the photo. What does that have to do with Ukraine and this impeachment hearing? You're arguing in this case, Al Green and those other people were arguing against his policies and the president's allowed to make policy. That's not impeachable. Dumb argument. And I like this one. Well, it's okay to impeach because it's not as divisive as slavery. I may be way off here, but again, you're impeaching a guy not because you don't have any rules he broke or anything like that. Okay. And they use, of course, he preceded this with lots of uh, uh, colorful rhetoric about the Constitution and crap like these guys are peeing on the Constitution. Let's be honest. But what, again, what does that have to do with anything? Because we shouldn't impeach because it's divisive. And now you're saying it's not as divisive as slavery? I, I, I don't get that. Now, the Democrats weren't the only ones that made the crazy statements. The Republicans really did go a little bit overboard, too. So let's take a look at it. And not as bad. And the Republicans were really boring. I actually fast forwarded through them because I, I wanted to hear the Democrats because they always had something awesome to say. Um, the impeachment is as bad and unjust as the Salem witch trials. Yeah, no. Salem witch trials killed at least 20 women, hung 20 women, uh, killed probably about 40. And there wasn't the due process wasn't exactly the same thing there, too. I mean, let's face it, it, it. When your due process to determine guilt or innocence is tie a woman to a ro- tie a woman to a very heavy rock and throw her in water. And if she drowns, she's innocent. And if she floats, she's a witch and we hang her. That doesn't sound like due process. I'm pretty sure Trump isn't going, it's not going that badly for Trump. So let's not get crazy. Oh, here's a good one. The impeachment is as bad in American history as Pearl Harbor. That's right. The Japanese raid that killed 2,500 Americans between 2,000 and 2,500 Americans and basically crippled our Navy fleet and then also led us into World War II, which led to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of Americans dying. (sighs) This is the best one, though. Impeachment as as bad as the persecution of Jesus Christ. Because at least Pontius Pilate allowed Jesus Christ to face his accusers and let the people decide whether he was crucified or survived. No. What? You mean Jesus Christ, the same guy who was flogged and scourged, the same guy who had to carry his, who had a crown of thorns hammered into his head, the same guy who had to carry a 200-pound cross up a hill so that 
then was nailed to that cross, was hung on that cross, and then was was given vinegar to drink, and was then stabbed in the abdomen to make sure he was completely dead at the end. You mean that Jesus Christ? Oh, Lord. Okay, and this went on for about 10 hours. It was supposed to only go, go on for six, but even the reporter said, yeah, no, that's not going to go on for six. That's going to be at least 10 hours. It ended up being about nine hours. Oh, so dumb. So, 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 so dumb. And that's why I just don't want to waste a lot of time talking about it because we got some good stuff coming up. Like how solemn, sober, and sad this whole thing is. Throughout the debates... And the entire impeachment proceeding, the Democrats have always been saying how sad and a solemn process this whole thing, this, how it was so hard they couldn't do it. And we can already tell from the last montage you saw that that is complete garbage. And, but that was forgotten until the vote, I guess. But we'll see. We'll, we'll get to that. But it's just. Oh my gosh, every one of them needed to be sad, somber, and solemn. Solemn, somber, and sad. Sad, solemn, and somber. They needed to be just, everything needed to be something. The whole process was somber, sad, and solemn. But, I mean, let's just listen to this whole thing. And take and let's just listen to all of the pain and stress and sadness and solemnity and somberness that all these people had to go through. Today, under the dome of this temple of democracy, to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take. It's with solemn purpose today that I vote to impeach. Madam Speaker, it is with a solemn sense of duty that I write. Madam Speaker, as we take this solemn, necessary step of impeaching President Trump. I rise on this solemn occasion. Impeaching the president is one of the most solemn and consequential. I cast this solemn vote for the many individuals in my district. Members of Congress swear a solemn oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and today we fulfill our oath. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart to support this resolution. I rise today with a heavy heart. It is with a heavy heart, but a resolved one. Madam Speaker, it is with a heavy heart and a profound sense of the gravity of this moment that I rise today in support of the impeachment. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart. The two most difficult uh, votes any member of Congress ever has to cast to, to vote to go to war are to impeach. Today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate. This is a very sad day, and I do not take impeachment lightly. I'm saddened, but I'm not shocked. It's with profound sadness that I stand here today. It is a sad day in America. Today, sadly, we are voting to impeach President Donald John Trump. Yes, I am saddened, but I'm not shocked. What absolute BS. Most of those guys have been doing nothing but calling Trump a racist, anti-Semite, a bigot, everything else. How these people can wake up in the morning, sit there and say that and expect everyone to believe them. It's garbage. If you pay attention to politics for five minutes, um, you'd know that this is all garbage. Well, apparently, um, these guys may be able to speak well in front of C-SPAN 
in underneath in the house, but they just can't stay off YouTube and or can't stay off Snapchat and all that crap and start taking pictures about how thrilled they are. The rabid anti-Semite, uh, corrupt politician, and just all around dumbass, uh, Rashida Tlaib did just that as she was walking to the impeachment vote. Watch this. I mean, she is just so dumb. Hey everyone, I am on my way to the United States House floor <laughs> to impeach <laughs> President Trump <laughs> on behalf of my incredible district, 13 District Trump. Yeah, she sounds real honest about it, doesn't she? She sounds like she's very solemn, sober, and sad, or whatever as alliteration you can use with that. But the funniest moment that really just showed things, and you're not going to be able to see it. If you watch my VCast on YouTube, you, you'll actually see the video. But the funniest part was when Nancy Pelosi, in her black funeral gown, okay, sits back and says the articles of impeachment are approved. And the some of the Democrats, probably the dumb ones like Rashida Tlaib, started clapping a little bit. And Nancy Pelosi just shuts them down like granny. After you steal a cookie or like granny when you, I don't know what grannies bust you for. Uh, this is, this is awesome. The yeas are 230. The nays are 197. Present is one. Article one is adopted. The question the question is on adoption of Article Two. It was actually really funny. The it, you heard the yelling after she shushed her side, her Dems off. Um, all the Republicans started laughing and aha, like this fake. They're just so disingenuous. It's not even funny. And what's worse, these idiots on the Democratic side. When the second article of impeachment was passed, did the same thing and she shushed him again. Oh Lord, it, it is it is just such absolute garbage. Everything from from the the fake the the fake everyone solemn, sober, and sad, all the way to Nancy Pelosi's stupid freaking black funeral dress. Are you serious? Come on, Nancy. You've been looking forward to this. It's just, but it just shows you these people lie. They're liars. And the country sees it. That's the thing. So it's important to point that out. Well, Trump had some, uh, Trump decided to do what Trump does. So he decided to have a campaign rally during the middle of this impeachment. I have mixed feelings about him holding rallies when people are messing with him. I know what he was doing was actually trolling the Democrats and their stupid impeachment hearing. The problem I have it though, is that he does have some issues with, uh, he does have some issues with like anger management and stuff like that. So wasn't exactly thrilled and it actually showed. So let's listen to Trump's, uh, during the second, when he found out that he was actually getting impeached, this rally was in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. 
it was a raucous rally. I think there were between ten and 20,000 people there. It was really great. Trump had some really good points, but there was one bad thing that I wish to God he would learn about. So let's, uh, let's take a look at this one. Oh, I think we have a vote coming in. So we got every single Republican voted for us. Whoa. Wow. Wow, almost 200. So, so we had 198, 229, 198. We didn't lose one Republican vote. And, and three Democrats voted for us, Haley. Haley! Thank you, Haley. Great job. Wow. The Republican Party has never been so affronted, but they've never been so united as they are right now. Ever. Never. And I know the senators, and they're great guys, and women, too. We have some great women. We have great guys. They're great people. They love this country. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to do the right thing. Let's unpack a couple of things here. That was a great speech. That was a great speech. Did you notice he he did a few things? One, he's with his base during this whole thing. He's not taking it seriously. But he's just sit, sitting there and looking at them and saying, hey, you know what? We're together. Okay, they're against us. This is the whole deep state thing. The whole, what do they call it? Swamp thing. But we're together. And nobody, and it wasn't true, there was like one or two Republicans that split off, but they were, um, they were kind of blue state Republicans. They were, and I mean literally for both articles, they were, he really did have a huge win. So he did well. But it's just, we're together in this. It's not, and this is, this is awesome. And you'll also notice he did one other thing. He actually corrected himself. I have some wonderful guys. And he said, and women, and women. He's not apologizing. Oh, I also mean women. No, when he says guys, he means guys. I, I call, when I sit back and I, I'm with my family, and they're my sisters and my brothers and my father and my mother, I don't call them by their gender. I just say, call them, hey guys, what's up? That's what he does. But he realizes, okay, I got to be a little bit more exact with my language. This is fantastic. This is good Trump. But at that same rally, we saw some bad Trump. And the bad Trump involved, the bad Trump involved his anger. He began to seethe a little bit and you could tell. Because Trump started the rally telling how great everything was, which is exactly what he needs to do. How the, the thing was a witch hunt. That's exactly what he needed to say. Then he went over the vote. That's exactly what he needed to say. And then he started doing with the insult comedy. Okay. He went after Pelosi with her teeth. He went after Schiff. He went after all these people. And I think the first part was trying to convince people not to impeach him, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just making that up. 
But then he got angry, and you could tell because he was getting vicious. And with one person he got vicious was with a man named John Dingle. John Dingle was a representative, recently deceased. His wife is also works for the House. They're both Democrats. But here's the thing. Trump could have leveraged that story instead of... What Trump ended up saying was, his wife said... Let me give you this story, because it's it's really a nice story, and Trump screwed it up. What essentially... that What happened was John Dingle died. So his wife, I have to look up her name, Debbie Dingle, was called by Donald Trump. Donald Trump actually called to offer condolences. And one of the things Debbie Dingell wanted, requested from Trump, was to let his body lie in state in Congress. And Trump said, sure, I'll do whatever you want. <clears throat> the Dingles, though being Democrats, were never vicious Democrats. They were moderate Democrats. They were right down the middle. Debbie nor John, and you know this because you've never heard of them. I've never heard of them. They never talked bad about the president. They didn't agree with his opinions, but they were still, how shall I say, reasonable? They were reasonable enough that when Donald Trump called, Donald Trump A called Debbie Dingell to um, give his condolences, and she knew they were, their relationship was good enough that she could ask him a favor and that he might say yes, and he did say yes. That's a great story. What does Trump do at this thing? He is so angry at Democrats, he can't separate them. He sees them as one beast. For example, I can't tell one bear from the other. I can't tell if that's Joe the bear, Yogi the bear, things like this. And he lumps them. I don't know how he got to Debbie Dingle and John Dingle. But then he sat there... And he was talking about how she had called him and he did her a favor, right? And she did vote for impeachment. Okay, so what? She's got to get elected too. And it was, it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. And he was ticked off because he let John Dingle's body lie in state and she still voted to impeach him. And he said, he's told the story about, she called me and she told me that Thank you for doing what you're doing. John is looking down from heaven and smiling. And then Trump, in that speech, said, or maybe he's looking up, implying that John Dingle is in hell. Completely unnecessary. But this is important. And this is going to be really long. I'm not sure where I am as far as timing goes. Dave, I'm sorry, I'm violating the Dave rule, but that's the problem. I waited, I followed the Bongino rule and waited a day before I talked about this. Now I'm going to violate the Dave rule because it's, there's so much. Here, this is a learning experience. Trump has been very good in the last, I don't know, six, seven months. He has limited his tweeting to positives. He doesn't focus on an individual in his tweets. Read his tweets. He focuses on his definite enemies. He focuses on Nancy Pelosi. He focuses on Adam Schiff. He focuses on Jerry Nadler. He does that for a reason, and he gives them nicknames. 
That's persuasion. Scott Adams has a great book about it called Win Bigly. Read it. That's what he's doing. He's focusing on his the people that stand out. If AOC was standing out, he'd focus on her. She's not anymore. She's backing down. He's focusing on the bad people. He's nicknaming the bad people. And he's attacking only the bad people, only his political enemies. He's not even attacking a specific news outlet anymore. He's being very good. And he's been very calm. And I think the problem with him going on a rally is he gets emotional. And then his emotions, the first emotion that comes up is anger that he's been impeached. The third president that's been impeached, the fourth that has had an inquiry on him. And he's got he's to go off. Got to stop doing this. Here's the reason why. The only way he loses the election in 2020 is that he outcrazies, and I say this all the time, he outcrazies the Democrats. The Democrats are nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, I, I didn't listen to the debates, but I heard a little bit about them, and Biden may have stepped in it yesterday when he sat there and said he would sacrifice... American jobs for climate. Wow. Don't you don't think that's going to end up as a commercial if he doesn't end up if he ends up getting the the uh, uh, nomination? He just has to tout. He attack his direct enemies, maybe. Maybe you just sit there and say, "Okay, I'm impeached. Yay." And you know something? He did that the very next day. And it was awesome. This is good Trump. Listen to this. What does it feel like to be the third president in U.S. history to be impeached? Well, I don't feel like I'm being impeached because uh, it's a hoax. It's a setup. It's a horrible thing they did. They happened to have a small majority, and they took that small majority, and they forced people. And, you know, they said, oh, I watched... Pelosi out there saying, oh, no, we don't want to talk to anybody. They put the arm on everybody. They tried to get them to do what they had to do. Many of those people were like Jeff, where they didn't want to vote that way. But it doesn't feel, to me, it doesn't feel like impeachment last. Now I understand they're playing games. They don't want to put in their articles. They're ridiculous, phony, fraudulent articles. Uh, and I think uh, they're not allowed to do that. Uh, here it's unconstitutional and a lot of other things, but they don't want to put them in because they're ashamed of them because it's uh, what they've done is wrong and it's bad for the country, very, very bad for the country. But the crazy continues. Everything has been BS, whatever. Trump makes an idiot of himself, actually looks like a fool by saying what he said about um, the congressman who passed away. And, and by the way, let's make, let me point out, it is worse than it sounds because that uh, poor Debbie, Congress lady, Debbie, I got to look at the dingle. I want to say, yeah, poor Congress lady dingle. This is her first Christmas without her husband. It's just everything he did was jacked up, but the Democrats will always outdo Donald Trump. That's the whole thing. And they sure did. They outdid Donald Trump literally 15 minutes after the impeachment. When Nancy Pelosi walked up to the mic 
in her funeral dress, which a lot of people, like um, in the Daily Wire, a lot of people are pointing out, she's like Emperor Palpatine. She's wearing the black. She's got unlimited power. And I, I love that, by the way. But she walks up there and she just, she shows just how crazy everything is. I don't think Nancy Pelosi is crazy at all. I think she is a master politician. I think everybody under her is crazy. But right now, she has too many people under her that are crazy, and she's afraid that if the Democrats win the House in 2020, no, not going to happen. But if they win the House in 2020, she'll be pushed out of office because she didn't support impeachment. Well, now... I think she just sees what's going on right now. And I think she's beginning to panic. So let's listen to her speech, a part of her speech, right after the impeachment of the President of the United States. You view the House's role in this as complete now? What other steps you might take to try to ensure, as the chairman suggested, a more fair trial in the Senate? You mean more fair trial than they're contemplating? Because we had a very fair process in the House of Representatives. Uh, I would yield to our... Uh, I, 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 let me just put it another way. We, we, all, we, all have, we have legislation approved by the Rules Committee that will enable us to uh, decide how we will send over the articles of impeachment. We cannot name managers until we see what the process is on the Senate side, and I would hope that that will be soon, as we did with our legislation, our Resolution 660, to describe what the process would be. Uh, so far, we haven't seen anything that looks fair to us, so hopefully it will be fair, and when we see what that is, we'll send our ma managers to go along. Presumably withholds us the articles. Could you presumably withhold the articles for weeks until you get what you consider a failed, fair trial? Well, again, we'll decide uh, what that dynamic is, uh, but we hope that the, the resolution of, of that process will be soon in the Senate. Here's the thing, um, and I need to go over this a little bit more, but... In the Constitution, and I read the Constitution today to really think about this for a second. In the Constitution, they actually say that the impeachment process is much like a grand jury indictment. And what a grand jury indictment basically says is the prosecutor goes in there. He tells the people what they have as evidence the defendant is not in the room. There's no defense counsel in the room. And then they indict the person on a specific set of charges. Okay. That's what the House did. So she's right there. That is correct. They indicted, basically indicted the president through a grand jury process. No matter what Adam Schiff does, no matter what anyone does, the Republicans have nothing to do with it. They're biased. It's about, about Schiff actually presenting his evidence and Nadler presenting their evidence. That's fine. The problem comes in that they didn't find a crime. Uh, abuse of power is not a crime. It's not a crime. It is mentioned in, it, it's 
assumed in the Constitution, but there's got to be something to it like bribery or treason. It's none of that's here. So right off the bat, you can sit there and say abuse of power. Maybe you can argue it. How about this? Abuse of power is not considered a crime. It's considered an opinion. When you abuse power, you're doing something specific. In this case, when you abuse power, you're committing treason, when you abuse, which is a statute. When you abuse power, you commit bribery. That is a statute. There's a definite example here. The Republicans argued, well, there's no statute. Well, here's the thing. The Democrats are basically indicting him. So I'm not that upset that he's been impeached or indicted on a crime. The problem, what I'm upset about is they don't seem to have a crime. Um, abuse, or what is it? Obstruction of Congress. That's not a crime. That's not a crime. It's obstruction of justice, which means if, if Congress doesn't get what they want, they go to the judiciary, which, by the way, is the third branch of the government. But they decided not to. Now, here's the thing. What's disturbing about what Nancy Pelosi said, yeah, we, we, we did convict, we did indict through impeachment, but now we need to control, the House needs to control what the Senate decides or what the Senate feels its rules are. No, it doesn't work like that. So what are you going to end up doing? Waiting? I, I That doesn't make any sense. The House has no right to say anything to the Senate. The Senate can call anybody they want. So that means if they decide to call the whistleblower, the House gets a say in who they call. Newsflash, the Republicans didn't get a say on who they could call during the impeachment hearings. I'm good with that because it's an indictment. It's not a conviction. It's not a trial. That's good. It's a political process. I get it. But now you're going to, the House gets to tell this is this is really disturbing because I'll tell you what what Nancy Pelosi said and I I'm going to give let me give her a break. I didn't believe she actually meant what she said. I didn't believe Nancy Pelosi is a politician. She can't talk, her dentures fall all over the place, but she is a politician. And I think she got a little confused. I mean, she's you know, 600 years old. I believe she probably got a little confused and she didn't know what she was exactly saying. The thing is, um, you're going to withhold the articles of impeachment? There are a few things wrong. So I'm, I'm going to give her, I, I, I thought that night when I heard that, I'm going to give her a break. I, 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 she got confused. She got scared. She got whatever. I'm not exactly understanding what's going on with her. So, okay, fine. Whatever. Let's, let's wait 24 hours, the bungee, no rule. And let's find out what she's exactly saying. So guess what? We waited the 24 hours and guess what happened? She said this. Madam Speaker, do you run the risk as Demo 
Let me start that again. Do you run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long? I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, when we bring the bill, which is, just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time in order to send it over to the Senate and to have the provisions in there to pay for the, for the impeachment. <coughs> And then the next step, the, uh, the whatever you want to call it, the, the the trial. That is where you put the managers. I was not prepared to put the managers and that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. Frankly, I don't care what the Republicans say. Any other questions? Not on this subject. I've said this is it. I honored Nancy. What Mitch McConnell said today, and it reminded me that our founders, when they wrote the Constitution, uh, they suspected that there could be a rogue president. I don't think they suspected that we could have a rogue president and a rogue leader in the Senate at the same time. Yes, ma'am. Any other questions on any other? Anybody want to talk about uh, Mexico free trade agreement? Anybody care about that? Jobs for the American people. Progress in, in addressing globalism and the issues. Anybody want to talk about the SALT tax that we're passing today? Important issues uh, that relate to the economic vitality of our communities. Any other questions? Because I'm not going to answer any more questions on this. Clearly, do you understand? When we see what their process is, we will know who and how many we want to send over. Not until then. I'm not going to go there anymore. Yes, sir. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, this is not like this is not like what she said uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday night. This time she doubled down on it, and anything that I thought about, uh, you know, any questions that I had on Wednesday night were debunked on Thursday morning with this press conference. And there's a lot to unpack. So let's take a look. It's about a 17-minute press conference again. And she started out with the joys of impeachment. She started out where it was necessary. Of course, it was solemn. Eventually, of course, she had a spring in her step. She felt a lot better about impeachment. But then she spent the next, I don't know, seven, eight minutes talking about the accomplishments of the Democrats while in Congress. And that's very telling. She brought up things like uh, lowering drug costs, expanding Medicare. She brought up the appropriations bill, which was necessary. Um, she praised Elijah Cummings, who had died earlier this year. Uh, she took credit for the USMCA, even though that was completely a Trump deal. NAFTA had been around for 20, jeez, over 20 years since Clinton, and she took responsibility for USMCA, even though it was Trump that wanted to turn it over. That didn't make any sense. She talked about regulations on pharma that she that the Congress had pushed through, environmental proposals, the SALT regulations. SALT is the state and local tax regulation. Essentially, what she wanted to do was overturn the, the goal of that bill is to overturn the Trump tax cuts. Um, uh, background checks and gun control, she talked about that. Basically, she said the Violence Against Women's Act, the Equal Pay for Equal Work Act, 
raising of minimum wage, the LGBT Equality Act. Basically, she said that in the last uh, three years, Congress had, or last two years, Congress had pushed through 275 bills, but it was the Senate that was actually holding those bills up. Of course, listen to the bills that were being held up. Of course, they were being held up. They're bills we would never, uh, Republicans would never pass. Um, gun control bills, violence against women bills. It, it, here's a newsflash. It's already illegal to beat a woman. Equal pay for, for equal work. Uh, here's a newsflash. That was debunked back in the 70s, that women are paid less than men. That's 70 cents to every, uh, women earn 70 cents to every dollar. It's just, it's trash. Um, and again, that was debunked by Thomas Sowell back in the 70s, 80s. And Thomas Sowell is a black man, so you can't say, well, he's a white guy. No, he's a, a black man. So it, 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 all this stuff is stupid. But why is she bringing this up? Why is she talking about this? She's bringing it up because she knows that she knows that this is not going anywhere. And she knows that this is going to be a disaster for the Democrats. She absolutely knows it's going to be a disaster for the Democrats. And I don't think she wants to make it so. This is going to be a huge defeat for the Democrats. Now, I think Nancy Pelosi, again, is a great politician. And I think she was bullied into this position. I don't think she wanted impeachment. But after the debates yesterday, or the debates on Wednesday, I think she realized that, oh my God, we are in trouble. This is, going, this is probably not even going to go to a vote. This is not going to go to trial. The Senate's probably going to blow this out of the water. And I really do believe that's why she's finally saying, you know what, we're not even going to release this. We're not going to release those articles. And with that, with her seeing how miserable this was, she needs to show that Congress did something in the last two years. Unfortunately, what Congress did was very little. All the garbage she was talking about was never going to get through the Senate and was definitely going to be vetoed if it did go through the Senate. It was not bipartisan. She did, they did not care about the people. So she's trying to spin this so that, oh, well, you know, we just happen to be doing impeachment, but look at all the stuff we did outside of that. No, they were talking about impeachment for three years. So it's garbage. So what's, what's happening? There is some confusion about impeachment. Impeachment is not a crime. Impeachment is not a legal thing. Impeachment is the same as an indictment given by a grand jury. That Again, that's why I said what Schiff did was it was it was maybe immoral. It was maybe unethical. It wasn't illegal. So, because all he had to do was prove enough or find a crime. Now, what is immoral and uneth immoral, unethical and probably illegal is they didn't find a crime. We talked about this earlier. Um, abuse of power is not a crime. It's an opinion. Uh, contempt of Congress. There's no such thing. There's only, or contempt of Congress. Obstruction of Congress. No such thing. It's only obstruction of justice. So there's no crime here. Congress wanted 
Trump's uh, John Bolton to testify, all they had to do is go to court and prove that John Bolton should testify in front of Congress. The courts would have said, yes, you do. And then you'd have Congress and the courts going against the executive, which is, by the way, separation of powers. That's what's supposed to happen. And John Bolton would have had to testify. If John Bolton didn't testify, then, then it's obstruction of justice. And that's a crime. So what's the point here? Why is she doing this? Why is she holding the articles? What could happen? This is unprecedented. There is, I've read the Constitution. I've read the, read the Federal Papers 65. We're probably going to talk about impeachment in a completely separate podcast, just exactly what happens. But right now, in the Constitution, all it says is, only the House of Representatives has the right to uh, impeach, and the Senate has the right to trial. The Senate will actually go to trial. And then, only then, will the president, can the president be removed from office. But no one in the three previous two impeachments, the articles have never been held. Even with Nixon, which was a bipartisan, there was, it was, the articles were never going to be held from the Senate. Now she's saying the articles are held for the Senate. And I have been reading on Twitter that there are Harvard and Oxford law professors that don't know what's going to happen. And it's not well defined in the, uh, in the Constitution. And even Federalist 65, it's not defined. Federalist 65 was very worried about a partisan impeachment. It was very worried about a partisan impeachment, but it never thought that somebody could be kicked out of office simply for, uh, or uh, that the articles would be stopped simply because one uh, political party is against and one political party is for. So this is unprecedented. So there are three things that could actually happen here. One, the impeachment is dropped. This is what a lot of professors are saying. So if Nancy Pelosi does not turn in the articles of impeachment, then the impeachment is null. It, it didn't exist. If it doesn't go to trial, he, President Trump wasn't impeached. So technically, you could say President Trump is not impeached right now. The second thing, which I think is highly unlikely, is that President Trump is impeached and he's impeached for life, and those articles can be turned in at any time. Again, I, that one I think is very unlikely. I, there's got to be some sort of, uh, the Supreme Court may have to rule on that, something like this. Third, the articles have been voted on. The articles have been presented. The Senate may give the House a set amount of time, or no time at all, and actually vote on the impeachment. Whether she turns, whether the House turns in the impeachment or not, it's possible. I don't know if it's likely, but more importantly, I think this really points out something about the Democrats in the House. It points out that it's not Trump who's totalitarian. It's not Trump who is the fascist. Well, I, I hate that term, but it's not Trump who is 
the king or is violating the Constitution or violating the rules. It's Congress that's doing it. We saw it with, we saw it with uh, Schiff and all his shenanigans. We saw it that we're going to place this article of impeachment of obstruction of Congress, even though Congress decided it was up to Congress. Congress could make these decisions. Did you screw the judiciary? We don't need the judiciary because John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney and those guys did not testify in front of Congress. They ignored the subpoenas. Congress doesn't have to go to the courts and, and compel these people to investigate or compel these people to testify because they're Congress. He's Adam Schiff. She's Nancy Pelosi. That should be enough. That's exactly what they're accusing Trump of doing. It's disgusting. And I think it really shows a lot. Overall, this impeachment was very anticlimactic. I, I, I did not think anything of it. It could be that we've been, for the last three years, we've been inundated with impeachment talk. But I thought it was very, eh, okay, he got impeached. Good. I turned it off before the second vote. But anyway, that's it. That's where we stand right now. Now we're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen. Um, there will be no news till after the new year because Congress left as out. They're gone. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, I'm not going to hand in the articles and then got on a plane to California, San Francisco, hopefully having someone carry her so she doesn't step on any of the drug needles or poop that's all over the streets of her city. But, okay, well... Um, you may notice the lighting has changed a little bit. The lighting has changed because it's the next day. It's the next morning. Uh, I act a girl came, girlfriend came over last night and she said, let's go. And I said, oh yeah, okay. And then I left. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on po uh, Apple Podcasts. Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. The Vcast is on YouTube. Just search for Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can uh, read the show notes, and there's quite substantial show notes. Watch full videos and see all of the links to uh, my information at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Hope you guys have a great weekend and a great holiday if I don't see you. This is Gene. And you listen to dumbasses talking politics.